Welcome back to episode 8 of The Heimland. This week, Winston and Sam sit down with a friend of the show and photographer, Henry Elhelm. We talk to him about his passion for photography, some of his work in the national parks, and how he got kicked out of the dorms at University of Minnesota Duluth at the end of the episode, so you're going to want to stick around for that. If you would like to follow some of Henry's photography work, you can find him on Instagram at HankIsCrank or on his website, HenryLHome.com. Links to his Instagram and website will be posted in the podcast description below. Hello and welcome to episode eight of The Heimland. Today's guest will be interviewing Henry Elholm. He is a friend of ours, a fellow a uh, former UMD student, and uh, adventure extraordinaire. So, Henry, just uh, real quick, give us a rundown on what you have done in your life so far that you think is cool and exciting, and how you sort of got there. Cool, cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, like they said, I'm Henry Elholm. Um not a former student at UMD. I am a current student at UMD. Um, You're always bouncing I guess originally from St. Paul. Um, I'm going into my super senior year at UMD, my fifth year. Um, most of my friends who I started with in college have finished on time. Um, I switched majors and uh, kind of jumped around a little bit, but I'm hoping for next spring I'll graduate. Um, yeah, I've been a college student. I've um, Kind of began to pursue um, a photography and went to school for marketing and graphic design. Um, I've spent my summer breaks working in national parks, um, just exploring the country, kind of working random jobs, but getting out there, hiking, um, biking, canoeing, um, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you. So you mentioned you're into photography. How did you originally start, you know, taking pictures of things and how did it escalate from, you know, just some general taking pictures to actually taking like really nice pictures? Yeah, well, I guess I first started out um, just like going on like trips with my family or my church or like my Boy Scout troop. Um, I pretty much always had like a GoPro with me or like uh, a lot of times really young, like disposable cameras. I love just like bringing a camera along and like taking pictures of my friends, like out like hiking or biking or um, just doing some kind of adventuring, urban exploring stuff a lot, um, especially in the early years, like middle school and high school. Um, and then I guess in high school, I saved up and got a, just a cheap Nikon camera um, that I could get interchangeable lenses with. Um, just started using that a ton, like just shooting all sorts of like sports. Um, I love playing sports in high school and stuff. So just shooting pictures of like, like that kind of stuff, just going camping with my friends, um, like my dogs, just like Anything random I could take a picture of. Um, and then I came to, I went to college at UMD and got a job at RSOP as a photographer um, mm. and just started taking photos of all sorts of outdoor trips like um, kayaking, canoeing, um, surfing, mountain biking, like ice climbing. Um, and then I guess that just kind of led me to realize that like I can make money doing what I love, um, which is photography. Um, so I switched my major from environmental science to marketing and graphic design um, in hopes that I can get a job after college doing photography work. Nice. What is your favorite subject to, like, shoot now for photography? Um, I guess I like uh, doing a lot of, like, natural landscapes. Um, I love going, like, like I said, like, working in national parks and traveling all around America. Um just going to like the most pretty places I can and just taking photos there. Um, uh, yeah, just doing that, like, a lot of like travel stuff, like lifestyle photography. It's like um, a lot of just like going out with my friends climbing or biking and just shooting photos, um, like skiing or snowboarding stuff. Um, really just everything I find fun. I usually just bring my camera along, uh, shoot photos and just a great way to capture some memories and uh, be creative. So when just a question about sort of the mechanics of photography. So I, I have a couple of, of friends, uh, you being one of the, the notable ones, uh, who shoot uh, photographs, but some people are into film. And I know, like you said, you got one, your starter camera had interchangeable lenses. And 
as someone who enjoys photography from the finished product side, I um, I know there's a whole lot of work that and different like specifications and complicated different uh, like camera settings. So like, what was was that intimidating? And like, what kind of film or like what kind of camera do you shoot with? And how did you sort of start to unpack that kind of all that complication? Yeah, so I guess I started uh, simple. I just had, um, I guess, a GoPro to start off with, just as simple as like, they have, like only has two buttons on it. So like, um, start a video, take a photo, like pretty much as simple as it gets. Yeah, turn on, turn off. Like, um, so then I went from that. To, uh, like, uh, I just went to like National Camera in Roseville. Um, it was just like, yeah, I wanted to start doing like photography. I want something like a real camera, um, but I'm like super broke. I'm just like a high school student, so. Um, they got me set up with like a, a Nikon D5200, um, just like a great starter camera. And then I just got like um, whatever like lens came with it. And then I soon bought like another used lens on eBay, I think. Um, yeah, so I just started there. Um, pretty much just used that camera to its like whole life. Um, pretty much just destroyed it, just bringing it on all sorts of trips and stuff. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want something I can take like higher quality photos with. Um because that was another problem, too, is, like, the cheap camera, like, the quality wasn't as high as I wanted. I was seeing all sorts of other people or even other friends that had, like, really nice cameras. Um, so I was like, I'm going to get that. So I saved up, worked uh, moving furniture for, like, two months. Um, just put all that money into um, buying a camera and some nice lenses. Um, yeah, and then I kind of used that. And then I started trying to make money doing photography. I'm like, I'm going to spend all this money. I should make some money doing it. Um, so I guess, like, working through RSLP, uh, made a lot of money doing that. I guess not a lot of money, but... Had a lot of different opportunities to like get my name out there. Um, then I started doing like weddings, senior photos, um, just all sorts of stuff like that, just to make a little money. Um, and then just keep buying more camera gear. Um, and I guess you asked about film cameras. Um, for me, that I just I use film cameras just because I like the nostalgic look. And um, I guess like the first one I started off on was like my dad's old camera. So I guess been using this camera. It's like oh my dad has this old camera, and I can buy film at like Target. So started using that, and then. Just found some other film cameras, honestly, at, like, Goodwill and, like, um, garage sales. And just use those a lot. Um, yeah, I've gone through just a ton of film cameras. These are their old and they break a lot. Um, yeah. Sweet, sweet. What do you – so do you, you primarily don't shoot on film, though? Like, how do you yeah, decide what, um, what you're going to use to shoot, I guess? Yeah, I guess if it's something that I want, like, a really high-quality – like, high quality from or something i can take a lot of photos with i'll definitely use digital um film for me is more of just like something fun i'll take out with some friends like if the roll gets destroyed or i never get the photos um not that big of a deal um and a lot of times i'll bring that to like concerts or just like hang out with friends stuff like that but if i'm like working like if i'm shooting a wedding i'm definitely using digital um there's something where i can like look back on the photos i took and adjust things and um yeah just yeah I guess it totally depends, but usually I use more digital for like, I guess, real work. Sweet. Um, on the vein of real work, I know you said you kind of got your professional start at RSOP. Uh, have you found that it's difficult to kind of get your name out there with like, I know, I mean, just personally, I know a lot of people who shoot really good photographs. So how, did you find it difficult to like distinguish yourself or how did you navigate that? Um, yeah, I guess, especially in Duluth, there's so many like great photographers out there. Um, just cause there's so many, like just absolutely beautiful places you can go and so many fun outdoor activities. Um, so especially trying to like take great photos in the outdoors and like stand out doing that. Um, I guess it definitely is a challenge, but, um, uh, I think just like what I've done is just like push myself and just do a lot of shoot a lot of different things that I wouldn't normally shoot like I never coming to Duluth I never really shot like kayaking before I didn't even know like ice climbing was a thing um I, so I think just like stepping out and just shooting like a ton of different stuff um just kind of made me stand out more give me more opportunities to meet different people and like that do different things um I think some of my like when people tell me like uh or some of some favorite photos of that people like of mine I like a lot of surfing stuff and I never shot surfing before, but I shot like rock climbing and then a lot of the rock climbers were surfers too. So I kind of let me to that. And then a lot of those guys are like snowboarders too. So it's kind of just like meeting people and just knowing people that do different things. 
how do you like share all of these photos? Like you're mentioning you're <clears throat> making some money and like you've got all these people. What sort of like platforms do you use to like showcase your photographs? Yeah, so I guess the main one that I started on was Instagram. Um, I think everybody knows what Instagram is. Um, it's just mainly used for like sharing photos. Um, so I guess I started that like probably in middle school or high school. Um, and I still use it to this day. I think I posted on Instagram like like a thousand times or something. Um, but yeah, just using that, I think that's a great way to connect with people too and just share photos in a great way for people to find your page. Um, just kind of doing like networking like that. I also use like Flickr a lot, just like uploading photos. You can upload just like uh, albums of photos on the Flickr. Like um, I guess like Facebook too. I don't really use Facebook that much, but I share like some things on Facebook. Um, I guess I also have like a website, which like more of a professional platform so if i'm like someone's like talking to me about like doing their wedding or something i'll send them to my website not necessarily my instagram um but i guess like more younger people react better to instagram so i'll just like shoot like say i want to take photos of like this band i'll shoot them a message like hey i love your music like i'd love to work with you and then they see my instagram page just like by clicking on my name and um yeah a lot of stuff kind of just works out like that um so on the vein of like subject matter and kind of drumming up business uh it sounds like uh just like from knowing you personally like you like to get out and do all these sorts of adventure things and that's how you've you know you talked about the sea kayaking and the ice climbing and all that crazy stuff but in terms of trying to market that do you i mean like wedding photos is obviously a, a, a pretty huge industry do you find it more difficult to find a market for the things that you enjoy being out and doing and taking photos or what's what's the dynamic there yeah definitely um because i guess there's big money and shooting weddings and just thinking about how many people are getting married all the time and how many like seniors there are every year um there's just like a huge potential to make money off of that but i guess not so much in like the well i guess right now it's kind of hard for like how am i gonna make money shooting like ice climbing how am i gonna make money shooting like um like sea kayaking um so it's like, I guess just through RSOP, I do that. Um, and it's more of just like marketing to people who like love the outdoors. Um, and I guess I've sold prints of a lot of like outdoor activities, like even some like slack lining photos or like, um, like surfing stuff, like I said before. Um, yeah, so I guess it's just like appealing, just making, like when I post on Instagram, like outdoors photos, there's so many people on Instagram that just love seeing stuff like that. I just love Duluth or the community. Um, so it's pretty easy to do that. I don't even share my wedding photos on Instagram usually. Um, just because I kind of like to keep that stuff separate. And I'm not trying to be like a wedding photographer, like per se. Um, yeah. yeah, good question though. Uh, just a quick side note. What is your like website? And like if someone wants to look at your Instagram, what are your handles? Yes. Yeah, sorry. I guess I didn't even plug that. Um, well, so my name, Henry Elholm. That's my website. Just henryelholm.com. And then my Instagram is Hank is crank. Um, Hank underscore is underscore crank. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it. I guess I have a Twitter. I don't really use. Um, I think Flickr is also like Hank is crank. Um, yeah. But I think pretty much across the platform, it's just Hank is crank and everything. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. Follow up. Interesting. All of these like really cool adventure ad sort of like outings that you are shooting while you're also participating. What is like the craziest like place you've been to like take a shot of this, you know, really cool outdoor ad activity? And it, is it really hard to be a person to like step back during that activity and find the perfect place to take a picture? Yeah, that's kind of one thing that um, I guess I kind of struggle with. Um, it's kind of trying to find a good time to take photos. Like if I'm out climbing or out mountain biking with my friends, it's kind of hard to figure out like when I want to stop and pull out my camera and take photos. Um, Cause I guess sometimes a lot of times I go out like just to do the activity and I'll bring my camera along. But other times I go out as like more of the photographer. Um, where I'm not as much like doing the activity, but more of just taking the photos. Um, yeah. So like usually like some like snowboarding, like, I like to shoot a lot of like street snowboarding in Duluth, which is not something I do. And I don't even snowboard. I like ski. Um, but I'm definitely not good enough at that to be out on the streets, like hitting rails or like big drops or doing any kind of backflips or anything. Um, but I have a lot of friends who do that. So they'll invite me. And so I'll just go as like the photographer a lot. Um, it's just super fun to be there, like shooting photos. And I guess that was one of my most exciting photos. 
um, was I was actually sitting in the, I work at the, the uh, marketing and public relations office at UMD. And my boss was like, yeah, there's like these skiers coming into school and um, they're just like doing all these crazy tricks off the roof. And they're like going down this like spiral staircase like tomorrow. I was like, what? Like, who is it? He's like, oh, I don't know their names. So later, yeah. like a friend was telling me, he's like, yeah, I heard like uh, Tom Wallace is coming to town, who's like one of the biggest like like freestyle skiing legends in the world. I was like, and so then the next day, I was like, yo, like I went to my boss, like, can I shoot this? Like, can I have the day off and just go out and like take photos? He's like, yeah, totally. So I go, and they, <laughs> I find them, and they have like a like a hacksaw, and they're literally like sawing these railings off of like um, this big like staircase at our school to make it so it's like. Like, he would be able to hit it on his skis and have, like, a good landing at the end. Um, so, I just, like, went up to one of his photographers, um, who ended up just being, like, this crazy, like, like almost, like, pretty famous photographer in Utah who just shoots all these, like, huge, like, athletes and stuff. And I was like, yo, like, I work at the school. Like, do you mind if I, like, take photos um, with you guys? He's like, yeah, totally. Um, so, I hung out with him at the school. And he's like, yeah, we're going out to these other spots in Duluth and, like, hitting all these urban spots if you want to come along. So I was like, yeah, totally. So this guy just like invited me to go out with um, just like some of the best skiers in the world in Duluth. Um, so I spent like the whole day, just skipped all my classes and went out. Um, <laughs> yeah, something like that was just super crazy. Like I had no idea that I would be doing that that day and just happened to like hear a conversation about it and just kind of jump in on it. Yeah, it was super sweet. It's pretty amazing. So then with all of these cool action shots and sports and stuff, do you ever, have you ever put yourself in like a risky situation just for the, the sake of getting the, the perfect angle or what's, have you any, run into any uh, trouble with like people getting mad at you for taking photos or what's, have there been any like major downsides, I guess? Um, I guess, like shooting sports stuff, I've definitely come close to maybe getting like smacked by a snowboard as someone flies by or like someone will wipe out right in front of you, kind of like duck and like uh, bury your camera. Um, I guess as much like as far as like shooting outdoor sports go, usually I'm just out there like by myself, so I'm not really worried about anything. Um, I, one time I had a kind of a close run in with a bear. Um, I was working in Shenandoah and I was on my day off and I was hiking up this trail like right by where we lived in our dorms, and there was like this. I see like these three like bear cubs run by. So I was like, no way. So I like sprint back to my car and grab like my, I have like a 500 millimeter lens and I like run back and I see the bears and I see like the mama bear come out and then start like walking toward me. But I have like this huge oh, lens. So I'm like 50 yards away, but still like the bear just kept walking toward me and walking toward me. And I just kept walking back and walking back. And um, finally I just like got a few good shots and left and decided not to get any closer. I like, keep my safe distance. Um, that was a close call, I guess. Um, what, oh, what kind actually, of bear was got, that, by the way? Sorry. Uh, just a black bear. Um, so oh, not a grizzly bear or anything. Um, but still like a bear. It was a pretty large bear. And you know how, how mama bears will be if you get too close, though. Yeah. They'll get you. I so yeah. I know. I know people always say that. like the, the the black bears are the the scaredy cat ones, but I feel like you see mama bear, you're gonna be in like in the moment, just terrified regardless. Right. Yeah, I was pretty, definitely pretty like just freaking out. I just like I just kept looking for like ways I could escape if something happened. That's kind of always going through my mind when I'm mm -hmm. kind of getting in a sketchy situation. I was like, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? Like, um, yeah, but I guess that was a scary one. Um, oh, one other one actually. I was in um, doing some urban exploring by myself in Gary, Indiana, um, which, if you don't know, is one of the poorest cities in America. Um, huge crime rates, um, little police. And I was there and I was on my way to, um, to my job in Shenandoah. So I was driving from Minnesota to Virginia and I had like my mountain bike and my road bike on my roof. And the car I drive is like a super outback and it just loaded with stickers on the back. And I was driving through Gary, Indiana. So I was just sticking out like a sore thumb. And I was like in this school, like abandoned school. Um, just like walked in the side doors taking photos and I was kind of looking out and I see this like this like car go by it's like this like kind of low rider car it has like these really um not a low rider it has like these really huge rims on it and like all like blacked out windows and like drives by so, so I was like oh that was kind of interesting like whatever look back again and like comes by again and again and then so I leave the school and I get in my car and then it comes up again and it like 
um, pulls into like the same parking lot that I'm in. So I like back out and just like take off down this road and it just like whips around and just like starts following me. So I just like take off and I get onto the freeway and I'm literally going like 110 miles an hour. Like my speedometer, my car is like maxing out and I'm just driving. It's like, please, like I'm looking for like a police officer or something like someone pull me over. Like this dude's following me and he was going behind me, like going 92, like just chasing me. I was like, well, I guess I got a full tank of gas. Like, I can make it through, like, Indiana probably. Or, like, <laughs> I don't even know. But thankfully, he, like, took the next exit and left me alone. But uh, that was definitely a close call. And I don't even want to know it. I don't even want to know what would happen if I would have stuck around or, like, tried to talk to him or something. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah, I know. On our, our episode with Chris, he was talking about uh, – because you played rugby, too. Did you ever – were you ever with him when the yeah. rugby team stopped in Gary? Yes, actually. Yeah, I actually listened to that podcast too with Day Camp. Um, I do remember that. I think I was like one of the ones like just sleeping or I like hardly knew where I was. Um, yeah, but even then, like you just pull into like a gas station on the outskirts of Gary, like it's scary. Like it is not a good place to be. So do you shoot a lot of like abandoned buildings or like um, urban exploring as well? Or is that uh, something that you're not, you don't shoot as often as? like outdoor adventure stuff yeah so i guess actually when i was starting out um i guess i grew up uh just right outside of st paul in roseville um so i'd ride my bike into the cities a lot and just explore um with my friends um all sorts of like grain mills like big like um like drainage tunnels like abandoned there's a few like abandoned schools like churches there's like all sorts of stuff in the twin cities um so i guess I, I did that a lot when i was really young um, and I kind of knew that being under 18, like if I were to get caught, I wouldn't really get in that much trouble. It was kind of like a slap on the wrist. Um, but I guess since now I'm 22, so I have kind of slowed my role on urban exploring stuff. Um, well, I guess especially like climbing big mills and like doing like really scary stuff like that. Um, I guess I just kind of realized like you can get really hurt doing stuff like that or get in big trouble. Um, but yeah, I guess recently within the past like two years, I have gone to um detroit twice and gary indiana twice um and just spent like a whole i spent like a whole week in gary one time or like just a few days in gary and chicago kind of going back and forth um and then detroit as well which are both just like hugely abandoned cities where you'll drive through like an entire neighborhood and like every house but two will be abandoned and they have like churches and hospitals and in detroit there's a tons of like car factories um and just, like, everything you can imagine uh, is just abandoned. And there's, like, like I said earlier, there's, like, no police, really. And for the most part, there's not really people around. So it's just kind of, like, just on your own, just in these cities, um, exploring stuff. Wow, that's super wild. Uh, so I know you said that you kind of sort of, not maybe phased out, but just taken a, a bit of a step back from the, uh, the more riskier situations uh, after you turn 18. Uh, just in general, have you noticed like what your interests in subject material for shooting has that? Do you think how do you think that's developed after being kind of in photography longer? Do you find how do you? I don't know what 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 have you gained with experience? I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I guess like when I started out, I just kind of shot like whatever like everybody else thought was cool. So I was like, I don't know, trying to get like these cool like urban shots that like were kind of similar to other people's shots or like going out to these like cool like landmarks that everybody takes photos of and doing that. And I guess I've kind of like grown into shooting more things like um, just like more that I find interesting and not thinking about as much of like what's going to get more likes or like what people are going to like more and like more of what, what I would like. Um, and maybe thinking more about not just like one photo, but maybe doing like more series of photos or like maybe like focusing on like, um, yeah, no, just, like, groups of photos you can take, even, like, throughout a year, like, um, just, like, maybe on one single shoot, like, kind of thinking more of, like, the overarching theme or, like, um, like I guess, like, if I'm shooting, like, a musician or something, like, what are they kind of thinking? Or, like, what, what do they want to get out of it? Uh, more of just, like, what I think is, like, popular and, like, what will get them likes and stuff. Cool. So, I know that you said you, you kind of got started out on your GoPro. Were you doing videos mostly with that or pictures too and then between uh shooting video and shooting film like what are the the, the differences and like what are the advantages and disadvantages would you say yeah so i guess when i started out i kind of kind of did both um 
like videos and photos. I guess it kind of depends on like what I was like taking a like how hard it would be. Like usually you just strap a GoPro in your head and you hit the video and you just kind of do whatever you're doing for like ten minutes or something. Um, but I guess I got the the first one I got had like a screen on the back, so I was like able to like look through it and like kind of like focus on things or like aiming at things. Or most GoPros don't have a screen on the back, so you just kind of like strapping it on yourself and hoping for the best in footage wise. Um, but yeah, I think there's a big, there's a definitely a big difference between like doing video and doing photos. Um, I think doing videos, like you need a lot of different shots that'll go well together. Um, you kind of need like a, like I guess like in a photo, like you can just take one good photo and it'll like tell the story and everything. But whereas videos need like different angles, different shots, like, um, like you need to worry about like audio. Um, yeah, there's just like, I feel like video is, it's a whole different animal. Um, some people prefer it more. Um, I think I still I still prefer like photography more, but I definitely do videos. I think it's like a good way to push myself creatively in a different way. Um, and I guess for work too, just having being able to shoot videos or um, a lot of people just like having videos of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm curious about uh, what national parks you've all worked at, and uh, if you spent a lot of time like shooting animals while you were at these different parks. Yeah, definitely. So I've worked at three different national parks. Um, the first one I worked at, um, actually the first two I worked at, I went with my girlfriend, Noelle. Um, and I guess the third one, she was there too. I'll get into that. Um, but the first one we went to was Crater Lake in Oregon. Um, and the second one I worked at was uh, Olympic in, Sh- er, Olympic in uh, Washington. And then the third one was uh, Shenandoah in Virginia. And uh, yeah, pretty much all of them, I'd shoot a lot of animals um, as much as I could. Um, I guess in Shenandoah, it's just like a lot of bears because there's like the most bears, black bears per capita or something. I'm, don't quote me on it, but there's a lot of bears in Shenandoah. Um, and I guess in Olympic, I shot some some stuff like there were like a couple whale tours. So I definitely saw a lot of like big whales and stuff. Um, and that's on the ocean as well. So um, going to different like um, just going to like low tide and checking all the tide pools and all the different critters like starfish and all sorts of all sorts of stuff we have in the water or that they have in the water that we don't have here in Minnesota. Um, yeah, but I think um, yeah, I guess I wouldn't really go after animals. I'd just be like, I'd happen to like run up, come across an animal, and I'd pull my camera out and take a picture of it. So, kind of transitioning more uh, into the adventure aspects. Uh, what were your jobs working at these national parks and were you, you were just there for the summer at each of these places, right? Yeah, definitely. So the first one uh, was after my freshman year of college. Um, we went to Crater Lake and we got a job as uh, dock hands. So every morning we'd wake up at like, I don't remember exactly how early, but it was like 5 a.m. And we'd get on this van and we'd have to drive like up, up the mountain because we kind of lived like partially down the mountain um and so we drive like up the mountain halfway around the lake and then we have to park and then we have to hike a mile down carrying like everything we needed for the day down this huge hill that was like a had, like an 800 900 feet elevation gain we did it every day and then every night we have to hike all the way out um but most of the day we just spent like uh pushing boats so they get like big boat tours of the lake um so you like fill a boat up with people like check their passes check them off and then push the boat out um sit there on the dock and wait for it to come back for like a two-hour tour um so it's freaking awesome i spent my my days just fishing and swimming and just kind of talking to all sorts of people that were there traveling and um yeah that was super awesome definitely my favorite job um and then olympic i had a kind of a similar job i like rented kayaks and canoes out to people um was on a big lake called lake crescent um just surrounded by mountains um so did that and then in virginia um, that's the one that Noelle didn't work with me at. She got an internship with the Smithsonian in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, and so I didn't want to just be home in Minnesota all alone. So I found the nearest park, which is two hours south of D.C. Um, so I went to Shenandoah and I worked as a restaurant server because um, I figured I, I was able to get a job. I knew a guy who worked there in the past um, and I was able to make like really good money doing that and also spending like all my time just hiking and being outside. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, 
how did you end up finding out? So I, I think you said the the last one, uh, you covered that one pretty good. But with uh, Crater Lake and Olympic, how did you kind of find out about those places or decide that you were going to end up working there? Yeah, so I guess our interest in parks was um, sparked by Noel's mom had worked in Glacier um, all of her college summers. Um, and so then Noel grew up going to Glacier all the time with her with uh, her mom's like old friends from Glacier and then all their kids. And so as a kid growing up, she's always like, I want to work in a park in college. I want to work in a park college. Um, so our first summer, we just um, went online. We just found the different companies that like operate lodges in the parks. Um, and we just applied to like probably like 30 of them, just like all over the country. And, um, and then we just kind of heard back from a bunch and we just kind of picked the job that we thought would be the most fun, um, which was Dockhand in Oregon. Um, and it was, it was super awesome. Um, and then I guess, yeah, and then how I found the other parks, I guess from there, um, we just like, in the parks, there's a lot of people that just work in parks and then they'll hop from park to park to park to park. Um, and so just like talking to a lot of different coworkers and stuff, then they'd recommend, they're like, yeah, you should go check out Olympic. I worked there like last summer, like in the past, and I can like give you this person's number, you can call and they'll get you a job there. Um, so I pretty much just did that for the other two summers. Pretty cool community out there, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a pretty pretty tight knit community of parks workers because they're just like a just a different breed of their own. Um, people who are willing to just pick up and move to a different part of the country and work in the park with like pretty much limited Wi-Fi and like having roommates and eating in like the dining center and um, just dealing with like tourists all the time. Um, definitely takes a certain kind of person. So what were some of your favorite memories and stories from working in the parks? Anything that sticks out? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's just so many. Like, um, So usually what, what we would do is we would work like um, we would work like five days or four days and then have like two or three days off in a row. And then what we could do is then like the next week we could like switch it around. So then we'd have like, we'd work like four days and then have like four days off and then come back and work four days and like, kind of a little pro system like that so um we spent a lot of time uh me and noel actually we'd, pretty much every weekend we'd have like a few days off and we just like take off and go explore something um we go like backpacking for the weekend or we'd drive to portland for the weekend um one day we just decided or one weekend we decided i was like i want to see every lighthouse in oregon so we started at the bottom and just spent like three days driving up the coast just going to every lighthouse um wow. i don't know why i just I think lighthouses are kind of cool. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, you mentioned you did some like backpacking and stuff like that. Do you have any like top 10 recommended sites that you would mention that people should visit in any of those three parks? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I guess as far as backpacking goes, Crater Lake doesn't really have a ton. It's mostly just focused on the lake and there's only one trail that goes down to the lake. Um, which is called Cleetwood Cove, which is only one mile, like I said before. Um, so I guess as far as backpacking there, I did um, a few really cool ones in the like Columbia River Gorge in Oregon, which so it's not in Crater Lake, but um, closer to Portland. Um, I guess going to the most the famous waterfalls like Multnomah Falls, um, but there's a lot of really sweet hikes around there, and that whole like river valley is just absolutely amazing. Um, I guess there's a lot of ton of backpacking in um, Olympic. Um, some of the favorite ones I did was uh, this one called Enchanted Valley, where you hike just down this like super beautiful valley, and you just have like these huge mountains all around you. Um, I did that one with like a group of like uh, coworkers in Noel. Um, that one was sweet. There's one called the Ozette Triangle, which is kind of like along the coast in in, um, in Washington, and that was super beautiful. Um, checking out the whole rainforest for sure. Yeah, honestly, I guess the list just goes on and on. Um, I'd say like Enchanted Valley would probably be one of my favorite ones. Do you have any next parks in mind that you would like to work at in the future? Yeah, so I guess this summer actually I was planning to work in another park. Um, but then the whole virus thing came through and all my plans kind of just got washed away. But I was hoping to go to Alaska. Um, I have not been to Alaska. Um, and there's a lot of really cool parks up there. I was also kind of considering working in Glacier. I've been to Glacier um, twice, I believe. And I think it would be super sweet to spend a whole summer there. There's just so many awesome trails and stuff to do. And I definitely wasn't able to get it in, get everything in in the two trips I took there. 
but yeah, I guess that's like main on my main thing on my list right now is Alaska and getting up there. All right. If you could pick one travel destination, either for photography or just to like go out on some crazy adventure and like all expenses paid, what would be like your dream vacation? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess I like to travel kind of cheap. So all expenses paid, like probably wouldn't be that much because um, I definitely don't really like staying in resorts or like doing like touristy things. I like kind of just kind of backpacking or biking or doing kind of cheap stuff, traveling around on the low. Um, but one place I really want to go is actually weirdly Russia. I actually made a good friend in Washington named Vlad and he is from Russia and he travels a ton uh, via hitchhiking. So he just puts his thumb out and he has traveled to, I think he said like 20 different countries just by hitchhiking. And he did one where he traveled, it was like 14,000 miles just from hitchhiking. And so I think I'd like to go to Russia and just see like that country. And there's actually, he showed me so many like beautiful pictures and stuff of like, they have so much natural beauty as well as like the cities just seem really interesting. I think the people there seem really interesting. And he, one thing he would always talk about is going to Chernobyl. Um, So kind of thinking back to like urban exploring and stuff, I think seeing that would be super awesome. Have you started planning any like routes that you would take if you were to go there or? Is that like dreams future? Yeah, definitely dream future. I mean, I can see myself going maybe in the next like five years. Um, probably after I need to graduate college first before I start doing crazy abroad trips and stuff. So um, trying to keep my priorities in check. But yeah, after I graduate, I hope to just take off and go all over the place. But yeah, honestly, most of my trips, I don't really plan a whole lot. because I don't usually like stay like i guess like campgrounds but I don't, i'm not i don't usually i don't usually have like reservations for things or um i like to just kind of wing things so just because you never know how the weather's going to be or like what's going to be happening here or there so kind of like just hopping and just kind of going for it and just um, seeing where you end up do you think that's gonna change at all after you graduate college do you think you're you're not gonna succumb to to getting a big boy job and having to like stay in one place or you're just going to try and keep hopping until you find something that'll pay you to keep traveling or what do you, what yeah. do you think? So I guess, I guess what my dream would be is to just make money doing photography and being able to travel and um, just kind of see different parts of the world um, and make money, like doing what I love. But I guess if I have to get a big boy job to make, make ends meet or pay off my loans, I probably will. I probably won't like it, but I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like big boy jobs, like, that could be could be really fun out there. But yeah, I guess that right now I'm just kind of like open to whatever. I still have like a year left in school, so I'm not like 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 looking for a job super hardcore right now. Um, but just kind of keeping things open. I've definitely been looking more at like what route I want to go after college, like what I want to do. But I think traveling is definitely going to be a big a big thing that I get into. And yeah, hope to see as much of the world as I can. So do you work at the Wolf Ridge, right? Yeah, so I'm currently at the ELC up here in Finland. Um, cool. Just got laid off for the summer. Oh, so, oh, damn. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm currently looking at it in a way that I suddenly have a summer vacation that I wasn't planning. Yeah, um, that's cool. Like, since I got laid off, I qualify for unemployment. And, you know, it's pretty wild. I'll be making significantly more money through unemployment than I would be through working. Right. And you know, like I'm on the for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm on the North Shore. I can go, you know, to all of these cool parks and like go to the boundary waters right. and do all this super exploration. And yeah, you know, I'll be making enough to pay for food. I'll be saving some. And then my rent, I'm currently living in the like staff housing up here. And I have to work for five hours at a farm each week, which is super easy. Oh, and then spend an hour taking care of like raptors and chipmunks and like educational Sweet. animals. Yeah, it's yeah, it super ideal. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Do you do you work with uh, Caitlin? Caitlin Evans. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did last cool. year. It was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, she was definitely a good friend of mine in college. So, um, oh, I no wanted to come up and visit her. Yeah. 
Yeah, she yeah. was into she did a lot of like SOP stuff. She led a lot of trips and like worked at the um, worked at the rental center. Um, she's definitely my yeah. close close knit group of friends for quite a few years. Yeah, unfortunately, like other than the people who had been working here for over a year, uh, like Kaylin and all the other ones got sent home. Um, just yeah, because they were like people living in a house and it was right. deemed really unsafe. Yeah, that makes really- sense. Yeah, that's too bad. But yeah, like this evening, I'm going to grab some paddles and like a life jacket and go paddle yeah. around the lake here on campus and then jump off and go swimming. Just why not? Sounds awesome. Living yeah. a life. Would really recommend it for like a winter, like naturalist position. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Quick, quick, quick. Henry. I swear yeah. to God, what was, I'm like trying to hang on to like a figment of a memory, but you're, I think you were, it was you who was telling me it was at like one of your summer adventures about these, like, maybe they were coworkers or the, these people who like, I think they were maybe foreigners or didn't have like the best English and they were like going yeah. out to try and find some like hot springs oh, or hot springs. Yes. I could tell that story. Um, yeah, so we worked at Crater Lake. Um, and we were all sitting around one evening, and this group of guys, I think they're from, um, oh, God, like Turkey. I think they're a, bunch, a group of guys from Turkey. Um, and they said, we're going to the hot springs. And it was probably like, it was like evening time. Like, it's probably getting dark soon. And we're like, oh, weird. Okay. Like, because uh, there were hot springs nearby. They're probably like a 45-minute drive away, though. So, like, oh, maybe they're just going for like a late night, like hot springs run. Like, Whatever, it's not that weird. Like people go in the hot springs all the time, um, and so they leave, and then we don't think anything of it, and we all just like do whatever and go to bed because um, I had to wake work wake up at like five a.m. the next morning. Um, but the next day, I'm talking to like the 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 night manager guy or whatever who I'm kind of friends with, and he's like, "You will not believe what happened last night." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, so I was doing my rounds, um, checking the like premises of the buildings and like all the surrounding stuff." And he drove, um, like, a mile down the road, there was, like, the septic ponds where they uh-huh. have, like, um, like, kind of, like, a, like, one was higher, like, kind of on a hill. So, it was like, there was kind of one up the hill, and then it kind of, like, led to this one down the hill, and then down the hill. And it was their way of, like, um, like cleaning the water or whatever, you know, that, like, goes to the toilet and stuff. So, the, the top pond definitely had, like, poop and stuff in it, and it was, like, really nasty. Um, and for some reason, these guys thought that that was a hot spring because it was like hot, it was like warm from like poop and stuff. And these guys decided to just jump on in and they did. And then they quickly realized that it was not a hot spring and that it was a septic field. I'm not even sure if they even realize that now. Um, but the night manager finds them like walking down the road, just like covered in poop water. Um, so he quickly like drives back, lines his whole car and like tarps puts them all in his trunk and then like drives them to the nearest hospital where they had to spend like a day or two there, like um, getting like deep cleaned and getting all these like, um, like antibiotic shots and stuff. So they wouldn't get sick. Um, yeah. Pretty hilarious story, but, and they all ended up being all right. They worked there the rest of the summer, had some funny memories with them, but yeah, they definitely jumped in a poop, poop water. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other like standout stories that uh, pop to your memory from working at those places? Oh man, there are so many. Like, I guess the culture there in the parks is a lot of people just drink a lot and just smoke a lot of weed. Um, just like big party scene. There's like a big. There's a big split between like in the parks, people who are like college age kids looking like see the country while they're like on their summer break, and then people who like have been doing it for like 10 years and they just like work during the day and drink at night and they're just like hung over the whole next day. Um, but there is some really funny, I'm trying to think, um, in Olympic, there would, there'd be these big parties and then people would leave like trash out everywhere. And the next morning we'll go through and clean up. Um, there was definitely like a little raccoon problem. And then the raccoons learned to open doors. And so all the time, when, if you didn't lock your door, like raccoons would open it and just come in your room and like steal things. So it's like kind of like a normal thing in the Olympic to have a raccoon like open your door and like steal something from you. Or like you go in the bathroom in the middle of the night and there's like a raccoon sitting in your toilet or like um, stuff like that. 
Um, <laughs> just like animals. I guess in Shenandoah, the bears would always try to climb into our like dorm back windows. So like if you were in your room, like you'd usually just like close your window shut. Otherwise, it'd like try to break through your screen. Um, oh god, I'm trying to think. Yeah, and the Shenandoah, like uh, the restaurant was like overlooking this big beautiful valley, and there's like these trees coming up. Um, like next to the, I worked at the restaurant. There's like a like a deck, and there are kind of trees next to it. Um, and one time, these like two bears were like fighting. And they like climbed up this tree and were, like fighting. And we're like on the second level like deck that it was like right next to us. And we we're kind of scared the bears would like jump over the balcony. And <laughs> so we had like like rush everybody inside. And it was like a packed restaurant. And then you have like people like hiding inside. And then it was like super super hot and humid there. And so we had like close all these like all the windows and like lock everyone in basically because there's like bears fighting out like on like, right next to us. And then this one dude like after everything calmed down, all the people left. He was like, "That was the best dinner I've ever had." Like <laughs> sitting there, he was like eating a steak, like watching bears fight. Like, <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Um, dream. Yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, one time I was carrying a big tray and I like tripped on this dude's leg, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." He's like. He, like, rolls up his pant leg. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's a wooden leg. <laughs> like a wooden leg. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I should have, like, tried to write more down. There's so many funny ones. Oh, my friend Vlad from Russia I was telling you about, he decided he was going to hike Mount Olympus in uh, Olympic National Park, and which is, like, a very technical climb. It's, like, not that tall, but it's, like, huge ice fields and lots of like crevices and stuff up there you can fall into and die and it's like really really dangerous and this man had no experience like hardly hiking and i lent him like a bunch of my stuff i was like here take this water filter like you can borrow my sleeping bag you can borrow my tent like gave him like all this stuff i even gave him like my climbing harness i was like you don't have any gear and if you're actually trying to make it to the top like you got to find another group doing this and like ask if you can tie onto them or something um, so this dude goes like, yeah, I'll be back Friday. Doesn't come back Friday. Doesn't oh. come back Saturday. It was like Sunday or something. Like no one had heard from Vlad. It was like, we honestly thought his dad was like, oh my gosh, like I just lost this like great dude. I had like been friends with all summer. Like, oh, my camping gear is probably gone. Like, and then finally just came back and he's like, yeah, it, like got rainy on the top and I ended up hiking somewhere else and hitchhiking over here and there. It was like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> like just having everyone worry about him. Um, Wild. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, while we're in the train of stories, a question that I've been asking everyone over the course of this year is what is your favorite story to tell? Understanding that, you know, it's kind of like asking someone what's your favorite movie, you forget all of, you know, the movies you've ever yeah. seen. And it can change, like, situation for who you're telling to and, like, what brings it up. But do you have a favorite story to tell? And if so, what is it? um like a personal story like um either or it could be personal it could be like a tall tale it could be like historical fiction just any story in general yeah um well i guess when i used to be like back in the boy scouts we like love telling the younger scouts like scary stories and trying to like freak them out like um but i don't remember like any that come to mind um we just had like a scary stories book i guess i guess it's kind of lame but um, I guess one of my favorite stories to tell is um, how we got kicked out of the dorms my freshman year at college. Um, oh, yeah. One day, randomly, we're sitting the, in the dining center at UMD uh, with a group of friends. We're like, you guys think we could, like, repel out of a dorm window? And we're like, yeah, probably. Um, like, we're all in, like, the climbing club and stuff. Um, and then some guy's like, oh, I live on, like, the sixth floor, like, the top floor. I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, can we repel out of your window? Because I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't know, like, what you're going to tie it down to or, like, anchor it to or, like, how you're going to do it. We're like, whatever. So we, like, went up to his room, just, like, tied it onto his bed. He just had some harnesses. We just, like, put them on. And then, like, one dude just, like, went out the window, like, on the sixth floor. I was like, oh, my God. Um, but I have my GoPro. And um, from the video of the whole thing, just, like, uh, my friend Xander went out first. And then I tied on. And actually, in the video, it's on YouTube. You can find it. If you look up uh, repelling out of dorm window. Um, but I like clearly didn't even know how to put my blade device on right. Um, so I thought like my friend George put it on for me and get it on straight. <laughs> like right before I'm just about to like go out this window. Um, then I go down and then like my friend like uh, George went down. Um, and we just had just anchored it to the bed. And then we had two friends sitting on the bed. 
Um, we thought that would be like good enough support, just like this rickety old like metal bed that they give you at UMD dorms. Um, but yeah, we made it down. I think like one person saw us walking by, like didn't even think anything of it. Um, and then I posted the video on YouTube and just shared it with like a friend or two. Thing is funny. And then like the next day, I had like five thousand views like on YouTube. And then that just kept growing and growing. And then like the whole school had seen like people were like. Um, I remember seeing like one of our big like lecture hall classes in like chemistry or something, and someone was like, "Yeah, did you guys see that video of those dudes like repelling out that window and like and, like Griggs whatever?" Um, and I was just sitting behind them, like two rows behind a thing, like that was me. Like, oh my gosh, like all these random people even know about this. Um, and then they decided to like uh, get us in trouble, so the school like sent us letters and emails and like sliding like letters under our door they like oh actually they figured out who we all were so they took the video and they like took screenshots of all of our faces just like when i would like even be panning by like like see like jake or someone sitting on the bed took a screenshot of it and then they like figured out who we all were by asking all the ras and stuff um yeah and then they came to they like um had us go to these like meetings um where we met with like the leader of the dorms or whatever and I actually skipped my meeting, but I think, like, two of them went. And they were basically, like, you guys are kicked out of the dorms. You're not allowed on dorm property for, like, the next, like, two years or something. Uh, but then we're all, like, yeah, we're just living in, like, our own houses next year. It's, like, our sophomore year. Um, so we didn't really care. Like, no big deal. So basically didn't get in any trouble. Um, and I guess the only rule we did technically break was um, taking the screen off the door. But now they have a new rule in the in the book that says no, re no repelling out of your dorm window. Thanks to us, oh. I guess. I think that's a it's a sign of a pretty good story if someone makes a rule about you. <laughs> right, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I guess like tall bikes too. I had a tall bike at UMD. I rode a lot. People really liked. That was another funny one. But yeah, that was about it. I think that's wow, probably my that's best story. Is the I think that was the best response I've ever gotten from that question. Yeah. <laughs> What do most people give you? Like a just like a campfire story they tell or something? It really varies. Sometimes you have like a tall tale. Sometimes people have like a personal story of like something that happened. But wow, that one was ten out of ten. Yeah, thanks. Uh, look up the video too. Just repelling out of dorm window. <laughs> cool. Oh yeah. Thanks for yeah. Thank you for on. having me on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry it took so long. I remember we were trying to do this like a couple weeks ago, but. Things have been crazy. Yeah, I'm glad I got on for sure. Yeah, thank you very much. This was fantastic. Well, that's the end of the episode today. We thank you for joining us again for episode eight with Henry. And we want to be give a big special shout out to Henry for joining us. We really appreciate all of the guests that come on this show. Thank you for telling some amazing stories. And again, don't forget to check out his work on his Instagram at HankIsCrank or on his website, HenryLHome.com.